Hello and welcome to episode 63 of Al's AmeriCast. I'm today's host, your Ohio Al Evans Skilleter, and I am drinking some Elijah Craig Small Batch. It's one of about six different bourbons I've tried tonight, <laughs> and it's coming straight out of my Chicago Athletic Association rocks glass, uh, which is a very nice addition to uh, the China or the dining set, excuse me, that I that I have here in Ohio. Joining me today, first in New Jersey, but he claims New York as home, it's our secondary king of socials, Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Hey, mate, I'm joining you on the whiskey bourbon route today, so I've got a bullet rye whiskey. And I think you've uh, stolen that uh, glass, by the way, so um, help Paul's not listening to stealing um, glassware from his wedding. No, no, I didn't steal it. It uh, somehow ended up in my bag right. on my way home. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so also on the line is our resident hipster, our Portland owl, our Cascadia leader, the great Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Oh, I am taking it easy tonight because it's only six-something out here. So uh, just some hot tea and some fizzy water for now. Six something out there. When it was six something here, I, I think I was about three, three bourbons, bourbons deep. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good guess. Great guess. Uh, um, but no, that's good. What kind of tea? Just uh, an herbal. There we go. Yes. Just picture whatever you imagine someone in Pearl, uh, uh, Portland hipster drinking. That's me. Uh, it's got like seven different flowers in it, including a little bit of marijuana. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And over in Manhattan, someone you probably haven't heard from in, in quite a while on this podcast. Were you on last week, James? Uh, no, I was not, Evan. I was not. When's the last time you were on? Episode 50? Uh, it's a very good question. Um, it's even even a valid question about whether I've actually been on this year. But uh, yeah, a while yeah. ago. Well, it's good to have you back. It's James in Manhattan, the Manhattan Owl on Twitter. James, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm, I'm drinking away. Uh, my hipster uh, headline has been stolen by our West Coast friends, so uh, I'm just drinking an average hipster beer. Uh, I'm drinking BQX Brooklyn Queens Connector by Big Alice Brewing Company. It's a, a New England-style double India pale ale. Um, and it's uh, interesting, it's got a picture of the prospective BQX Brooklyn Queens Connector, which is a tram, which doesn't exist yeah. because, you know, New York public transport. Um, but it says about the photo, farmland in the Taconic Range near the Hudson River Valley in the New York State, 1939. That's definitely not the picture. So, you know, um, I guess occasionally craft brewers uh, muddle up their labeling. What can I say? Nice. And I'll have you know that I've gotten into a recent habit, probably the last few weeks, of uh, after work, just spending some time out on the back porch drinking Yorkshire Gold. Um, the, actually, the same box of, of tea that you sent me from Sheffield like a year ago. Uh, how are stocks doing, Evan? Do you need another aid package? Uh, I'm going to need some soon. Yeah, I, I think I can get it here. Yorkshire like, Park just from Amazon. I think. Oh yeah, please please send me one of those. Um, and then some, uh, parking there to was some, uh, Ohio, please. Just there were some crisps too. I think that were pretty good. Hendo's crisps, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, didn't, that's right. Didn't some of them right. give you the shits though? <laughs> well, I think it was probably a combination of, of scarfing everything down in, in a matter of about 15 minutes. Um, but either. It was all good. It was all good. We should have like a uh, PO box where people can send us um, food from back home. 
like rather than paying for the podcast, we'll just ask for like crisps and tea and sausage rolls. That's not a bad in tri- idea. In tribute. There we go. Tributes. Could, could we tribute. have baked beans as well, Paddy? Because uh, they're bloody expensive in New York. I what? paid $3 for a tin of baked beans the other day. Just loose. Loose baked beans in an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even like one can. <laughs> Do not send us so your we... baked beans in envelopes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pre-Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> we move into our... In- international edition of the podcast we will talk about our 4-2 win against Blackburn at home we'll get into some Wednesday news and talk about some players at the international level we'll preview Stoke and discuss our upcoming meetups we'll start with Blackburn and James a start for Sammy Winnall well, he's like Zorro these days, isn't he? I don't know if it's Sammy Winnall or like the uh, the second coming of Sammy, Sammy Winnall wearing a mask. Um, but yeah, I read it was like he was it was his first start for Wednesday since August of 2017. I think he's right. Um, which I think it was a game that I was at when he scored against QPR. I could be wrong. Um, so it was really nice to see him back in the starting lineup. He's you know he's had a, a long and torturous journey to get back there, right? With uh, with a big injury, with his time down at Derby. Um, not that you know he cheated on us or anything, um, but he's he's played his way back into the team and, and good on him. Okay, we've had a few injuries up front recently, which has maybe kind of you know given him the, the shot. But I thought it was it was really nice to see him back there. And I, look, philosophically, I like the idea of a uh, a kind of aggressive, snappy striker playing on Fletcher. So um, so I think there might be something in that. And Patty, a great first, well, a great game overall. A great first twenty minutes, only hampered by. The Hutch injury, is that something that you were concerned about and are concerned about going forward? You know, at the time, um, it kind of just... And this is testament to how we're playing at the moment. If Hutch got injured during the Yoss era, which was very difficult when he was on, on, I wasn't even on the bench, but if that was the case, I'd be concerned that we'd fall to pieces. We've got such confidence in the side right now where I wasn't that concerned when Hutch went off because we started playing well already. And I just had the good feeling about this game that we were going to just trounce Blackburn. And Hutch going off didn't really uh, affect that feeling. I just thought, oh, we'll, we'll just we'll just perform like we did beforehand. And we did, thankfully. Um, long term, now I've like, had time to think about it, yes, I'm very concerned about Hutchinson. But <laughs> and during the game, I was like, oh, I'll be fine, we'll still win this anyway. And Have we actually this- heard what's, um, what like the prognosis is with him? Because I've not heard anything since the game. No, they haven't been very um, forthcoming yeah, they, uh, injury news. Uh, these super common knock these days that happen during the warm-ups. Yeah, I think it's the uh, mm. same old stuff, really. Fletcher <clears> went <throat> off with a with a, with a a groin injury, right, at second half. He kind of came off all his groin. That's about as much as we know in that, too. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, it seems like every game the same players are, are getting knocks and they look like they could be seriously injured and then... You know, and obviously, as as a Wednesday fan, we we always get nervous when when a player goes down because they could be out for two or three years. You know, it's <laughs> it's just uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of nerve wracking to see something like that to see a guy go off early in the first half, and um, it was even more nerve wracking to see Pulipesi come in when uh, when we we know that he hasn't been playing well, and we had to play a. A full what, eighty. I don't even remember when Hutch went out, but it was something like eighty minutes with Pulipesi in there. Yeah, and he didn't really make any mistakes. 
Pelvis. He didn't do anything good either, really. He just is is that kind of player which just kind of merges in and occasionally he'll make a mistake and that's where you notice him. But other than that, he just kind of doesn't do much. And he had that kind of same ineffective game. But I mean, we won four two, so who cares? Right, kind of, kind of hidden. Right, he's he's not. No, no one really cares if he's playing or if he's just non-existent when we're scoring four goals and, and winning right. by two. Um, so I'm 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 going to throw one little thing in there, but then I'm going to pause because I think we did notice the fact that he was there and Sammy wasn't. But let's talk about the fact we won four two, and then we'll talk about why. <laughs> okay, you're teasing us. Okay. Why do we win? Fox are you, are you going to ex- expound on that? Or? <laughs> no, I, just, I want to talk about the absolutely chuffing, brilliant for, first goal, and just like the general, yeah. like, a bit like you said, Paddy. Right? I mean, like everyone went into the game on a high, and we kind of we we've got this kind of uh, it's a bit kind of it, even under Carlos when we were kind of pushing through the playoffs. I don't remember kind of going into games with this kind of airy sort of cheerfulness of I think we're going to win this. And um, and that was yeah. kind of the spirit on Saturday. It, kind of, it didn't really feel in doubt, like you said, even when when Hutch went off. Um, but that first goal was a thing of beauty, right? Yeah, that is true. And and Mike, I think Iorfa is is slowly become well, not even slowly. What do I mean slowly? He's only played in a few matches, and all of a sudden it's like Steve Bruce is absolutely brilliant for bringing in well, this nobody, and, and he's I mean, become. Well, Fantastic, and that was a, a, a great fantastic about Yeah, I mean, this this goal, I mean, we want to talk about Orofa, but, you know, I think it started with Hector. He, you know, had a ball way bit, way down on our end, and he had a massive cross across the field. Reach took it on the flank. And then, you know, Iorfa, this is normally, you know, beginning in the fall, we would have seen Reach, you know, try to launch it in there. But, you know, Iorfa headed for the corner, and Reach just patiently passed it up to him, and then Iorfa does the cross, and there's you know it's actually two players waiting for the ball. It goes to Wendell and Fletcher, and it seemed like they were really, really trying to get Wendell an early goal, um, but it was Fletcher who just made it look easy with that tap in. Um, but again, it's Iorfa getting getting in position. Um, I mean, all credit to it. It looked it looked organized. It was amazing. How many times have we seen that though this season where that's gone to Palmer and he's floated in something which is like fifty foot in the air? And the defense clears it. It's just I know I keep banging on about Palmer's wow. awful crossing, uh, but that the difference. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I haven't <laughs> seen any of that. From, the difference from is that can overtake Reach on that right wing and put in a good cross is there to be seen every single game at the moment. Uh, I'm a big fan of Alpha, and obviously we'll talk about more about how good he's in the box too later on. But um, I just think he's a. All the signings have been a breath of fresh air, but I think Ayalfa's probably shading it right now as, as as far as the biggest impact he's having on that side. He's changed the way we play down the right, hasn't it? I mean, it's, it's, do you remember way back early in the season when we were just lamenting the the loss of Jack Hunt because he, you know, he gave us that kind of pace and the the overlap on on Ross Wallace as was, you know, there was there was kind of a hint of it, although he never really kind of got to the byline and pinged in across the way that Ayalfa did on Saturday. But it's just been a fre- breath of fresh air to have that pace down the side again. Um, but just, I think Mike, you're absolutely right that the the team component of that goal was what really mattered. It wasn't necessarily, you know, the ease of the finish from Fletcher or, or the cross from my off. It was just, it was everything interconnected. It was, um, it was just really pleasing to watch. And as further evidence of that, I think almost two minutes later, Rolando Aarons was on the other side and did an almost mirror image cross. And I think Reach and Wendell were in the middle. And I think he just, you know, one of them didn't quite get it in, but it just looked wow, like this is this is an organized team it looks like practice is happening and it looks great very functional two wingers that can cross a ball imagine that <laughs> it's 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 night and day it's fantastic i love it 
I mean, it should have been what two, two, three nil up within about twenty-five minutes, right? I mean, you know, they, then Hector hits the post, and you know, we have a couple of other chances, like you said. It, it was just, it was a sort of up-tempo, robustuous, positive way to start a game. And if you can lose a player of, of the importance of Sam uh, Hutchinson in the middle of all of that, and bring on Pelopesi and not notice him um, at that point in the game, that's that's the just, it's just the the symptom of a really confident football team, and it's it's great that that's happening around Wednesday right now. It really does seem like Steve Bruce has made Wednesday great again. <laughs> so Hector hit the post. Evan, uh, sorry. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> not, not on Al's America's territory. Roll that one back. You know, you know that um, I have to really thank Donald Trump, actually, because he was recently in Lima, which is where I work. And it was just yesterday, actually. And pretty much closed down every single effing road that i had to go down and if if he wasn't annoying enough it was quite annoying just having him in the city and making my life absolutely miserable as i tried to navigate the roads um wow anyway uh michael hector hit the post and it was james i I think you're absolutely right though it's just it's exciting soccer football whatever you want to call it it's it was exciting Going into the match, it was exciting throughout the whole first half. I know we kind of ran out of steam toward the end, and then Fletcher was injured early on in the second half. But even when when Nuhiu came in, I think we uh, we played incredibly well, and, and he played well. And I think that's just a, a symptom of um, an entire attitude change throughout the squad. Yeah, I mean, hands up. Who was excited when, uh, when Addy came on for Fletcher? I believe my quote was, there goes any more goals. <laughs> uh, as yeah, usual, I did the same thing. I was timing. watching my boys at home and, uh, and I went, oh, it's going to be a tight 1-0 this one then. Um, and then what, five minutes later, Bannon puts in that ball and uh, and the rest is history. Um, you and, know, and Suddenly the again, new group of last season is back. But but following a formula, that's exactly where Fletcher would have been. And he was in the place he was supposed to be and he got the exact header that Fletcher would have gotten. So perfect. He pretty much pointed to where he wanted it and Bannon delivered it. That's exactly what happened. And that uh, position now um, where Bannon seems to get a lot of free kicks, he just seems to have nailed the whole technique of just putting it bang on people's heads or bang on someone's foot. It's He did it again a few minutes later with, with Ayarfa. He just kind of landed at someone at Ayarfa's feet. And he finished that with a plumber again as well. It, that, Bannon had a fantastic game uh, against Blackburn. He was... He's been good all season. He's had a couple of duff games here and there where he was a bit kind of absent. But Bannon's one of the best players in the championship. Uh, and no one's really going to argue with that, that hot take. But again, he just showed his class against Blackburn. His set piece is uh, phenomenal. Uh, his, his, his simple ball is phenomenal in the middle of the parts. The way he just finds a, an easy ball from a free player, from set pieces, he's just got the vision that no one else has on that side. Yeah. yeah, honestly, I'm not sure what he would have to say about you calling his ball simple, but, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, how about Reach's goal almost from midfield, Mike? It was an almost goal, but um, it was, you know, he he spotted that the, the goalie come off his line and he just let it rip from just on the other side of the midfield line. And um, he actually sailed it over the net. And it was, uh, but nonetheless, would have been um, 
again, would, would have been one of his other rockets for the year. But um, just again, I think that's just the, just added to the excitement of the day. And to, to see, hear the fans get that excited when that ball was in the air was just remarkable. Yeah, I think I was just listening at that point, and uh, I, I re- remember Rob and John just having just a laugh at it. Just you know, that's that's the way that's the confidence we're playing with, with right now. Is is we're so confident that Reach is just gonna just soar one over the goal from midfield um and and you know things are going well when when matthias gets involved as, as well patty <laughs> yeah that was a really good move actually uh, another good move uh, uh atty again uh really kind of uh, making me eat my words when he came on the off the bench um kind of just a, a lovely i think it was bannon that played the really nice ball down the left hand side which set him free and uh, setting Atty free obviously is not usually the term people use, but he, he did the defender twice. He made him fall over once, then took it back on the inside and just laid it off to Bannon as he was coming towards goal. And then, Bannon but again, just... I think, yeah, I mean, I keep harping on on the Steve Bruce and the discipline, but I mean, that's a, again a year ago, and we actually saw it work where you know Atty gets cornered and he tries to dribble out, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, and gets the goal of the week against Preston. But you know, this game he did what he was supposed to do. He held up a couple of defenders for a bit. He saw Bannon's streaking and just, you know, nudged it toward the center. And it was um, a well-played, wasn't the prettiest goal for Mateus, but um, just a really well-played effort there. Yeah, can I, can, I mean, sorry, I, I agree with you. It was a nice, nice burst. I was going to say burst of pace, but maybe I'll leave that out for Addy. But it was definitely a nice burst from the team to set it up. No idea what their keeper's doing. Um, like, I'm still not entirely sure how that deflection even went in the goal. But um, but fair play to him, you know. He kind of he gave Matthias his moment, which was nice. Um, actually, you could kind of apply the same thing to the second goal, which is the, the shoddy marking from the Blackburn defence is crazy. But I want to bring you back to the most important part, point that you just made there, Evan, which is that the uh, the kind of the fun and frolics of uh, a Robin John on iFollow. So we're doing so well at the moment that every commentary seems to just be kind of a rolling list of our listeners. Uh, tweeting in to say let's have a shout out for so North Carolina, New Orleans um, I think I've heard of Florida half a dozen times they seem to have some kind of banter going on. I've got to say Mike not heard a lot of shout outs for Oregon yet so, uh, so No I get a lot I get a lot from uh, Vancouver though so we're happy for their BC Owls representing but yeah we got yeah. we'll get we'll, we got up for a game on that. This is true. Now, if if you grew up in the UK, you uh, you kind of grew up in an era where Saturday morning kids TV was basically like you know a series of cartoons interspersed with shout outs for birthdays. You know, it's kind of like you watched it carefully to see if your your name was going to get called out on your birthday, and a, a, like a particularly badly made parental card would be shown to the TV as well. And I follow is beginning to take on that same sort of niche. So uh, so if you're listening, Owls America's listeners, um, if you haven't had your name out there on iFollow yet, now's your moment because they're, uh, they seem to, that's, that's kind of half the job at the moment, right? Yeah, and, and it's not even, it's not even just us anymore. It's, you know, we have so many people in these weird remote locations like Malta Owls and um, who's the fella that's in, is it, is it uh, Thailand Owl? Or, or what uh he gets a shout out every time and he's is it martin martin, martin something yeah. yeah martin yeah he's friend of the pod he must he must be friends with john as well because he's <laughs> he's always getting the, always getting shout outs but he watches uh, it like three in the morning know, sometimes i mean it's crazy what time yeah. in the morning he gets up it's ridiculous we, we complain about getting up at seven in the morning to watch it he's up at ridiculous times in the morning and, and you know that kind of stuff is super meaningful for a lot of people though because you know especially before iFollow came along 
that was all we had was, was were those two voices uh, bringing us the, the games and the uh, every week and that's what we woke up to we just we got to listen to them and listen to their excitement and um you know it's just so it's so nice to be able to watch the team now but still have their voices and, and their interaction and their willingness to kind of engage engage all of us um it's just a it, it really makes it feel like a, a tight-knit community and and obviously that's what we're after here and and i think those two do a good job for the club making it feel that way as well so uh, definitely appreciative of that and also appreciative of the fact that we've gone 11 games unbeaten and we mentioned this all the time but right now we're two points off the playoffs and there are a few teams darby and bristol that uh, have a game or two in hand but if you take a look at the rest of our schedule this is probably the first week that we can really take a look at the table and take a look at our remaining matches and really say that if if we want it and we play well there's probably a chance that we make it that the three teams in front of us uh well four teams in front of us villa preston darby bristol we have all of them except for darby on the remaining schedule Villa in two weeks, uh, Bristol third last game, Preston second last game. So we really, James, would you say that you know we we have a chance? I'll just ask it straight up. <clears throat> Do you want my uh, my kind of fan giddy answer, my level headed um, pragmatic answer, or my stat obsessed uh, owls about stat answer? <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about your practical answer. Why don't you mix mix option two and three? <laughs> Why don't we? All so I'll I'll, I'll kind of echo Steve Bruce, but without using the word squeak, which is to say, I think we have a chance. Yes, um, I don't think it's a particularly big chance, and I think we need to kind of you know hold station, play a couple more games, particularly play the Villa game. Um, if we get past Villa and Forest and we're still in touch, then then yes, we really have a chance. But right now, it's, it's it's just crazy, right? I mean, how many teams are still like we're we're getting excited because we're within two points? But how many teams are within two wins of the playoffs right now? It's probably like eight teams short of sixth place. Um, that's I, I I've never seen it like this in the championship. It is so average this year, uh, all the way up to the top, and you know that we can get into the teams who are in the autos at the moment. But the point is, I don't think they're particularly great teams. I, I, I just think this is a very average season. So anything could happen. Um, I don't think Wednesday are particularly great, but I don't think anyone else else is otherwise. So if we go on a run, maybe, maybe. That was a bit more passionate than, than statistically verified. I'll say that for Sunday. I mean, it's in our hands. Mike, you right? So it's, it's, it's really like in our hands because we have to play Bristol, Preston, Villa, like Evan said. So if we win those three games, they're dropping those three points too. They're all six-pointers. So it's... I mean, obviously there's some other things that need to happen too amongst all that. But by winning those three games and doing okay in the rest of the games we've got, we should be there or thereabouts. And that's what's exciting me at the moment. We've gone from having no chance at all to being two points from sixth place, which is just nuts. And Middlesbrough are dropping like a stone. Bristol dropping like a stone, so we shouldn't see much of them anymore. Uh, and then you, you've got to hope, really, that uh, out of Derby, Preston and Villa, we'd kind of be up there as well. So I'm feeling pretty positive we might pull this off. 
I mean, the thing that I'm really nervous about and that actually may come into play is goal differential. Um, we just we look nothing like the other teams at the top of the table when it comes to goal differential. And um, again, if we if we win these games, then we're going to start to level that out a little bit. But it's um, you know it could come down to you know very to, to a tiebreaker of some sorts. The other thing to keep in mind is that Preston North End, um, you know, as much as we think nobody's noticing Wednesday, I think Preston North End is probably on a very similar run to us, where I think they may have only lost one game in the league since um, Boxing Day, if I if I recall correctly. Um, so they're quietly they've quietly been crawling up the table too. So um, that's that big game, second to last game, uh, um, at Deepdale, I guess. Uh, that's that that could be a big one. It's kind of insane, isn't it? When you look at that running, you suddenly realise that, like, well, we've got eight games to go. At least four of them are against teams immediately around us, which I guess the law of averages if there's eight teams that fancy a shot at the playoffs, that's probably not that surprising. And two of them are against the top two, or the top two of the top three, um, which means that if we're going to make the playoffs, and sorry to, like, drop the bomb on this one, we're probably going to get United, Sheffield United, promoted. <laughs> I was thinking that the other day. It is like a, a Sophie's Choice thing. If we could afford to drop points against Leeds and Norwich, I probably would say do it. But at that point in the season, we're not able to afford to drop points. We need to win those games. And by doing so, we're going to make them go up. Yep. It is a brutal end to the season, but nonetheless, it's exciting. It's nice to be excited. And, and have something to play for as we move forward. And we will move forward into our Wednesday news section unless any of you have more to say about the match. Well, hang on a minute. We never revisited why we missed Je- why we didn't not miss Joe Pelopesi. Well, you, you, well, you hear something you wanted to say, but you get yeah, I know. Well, I didn't want to say it at the time because it felt <laughs> like it was kind of getting a bit negative when we were all kind hey, of on hey, a bit James, of positive James. offers, right? Why didn't we miss Joey Pelletier? <laughs> well, that was it. You, well, the claim was that we didn't miss him because we, we didn't not miss him. Like he was, he was there, but we didn't notice him. I think the claim but was clear at the time. Two goals we conceded, right? Um, so, serious point for a second. When Blackburn chose to play at pace and play through the middle, our spine didn't work with Pelopesi and Lees, as opposed to when we had Hutch and Hector playing down the centre. And that's just something we've got to watch out for. So we need we need Hutch back because just the, the the profound difference between when we've had Hutch back in the side and the way that he just sits off a man and kind of just holds the midfield just a little bit more calmly, whereas Pelopesi tends to die. I, mean, I know this is kind of a, a crazy statement to make. He dives in and follows the ball a little bit more than Hutch. Um, it gave Blackburn just that extra metre and yard or two of space to, to just play those balls through us and... You know, they're probably not a good enough side to be able to exploit it, but other teams will. So, um, so get well soon, Sammy Hutchinson, because we did notice that you weren't there. Any other old business? Well, I've got some new business for you, and that is that Liam Palmer is a starter for the Scotland national team, and I found. Found out today that even though they lost 3-0 to Kazakhstan, <laughs> who Borat so eloquently described as the greatest country in the world, neither or none of those three goals were Liam's fault. I mean, and that it's is debatable. That. Nice to hear. I mean, we've got one source telling us that on Football Heaven, apparently, according to Mike earlier. But I mean, he's part of the defense. He's got to take some blame. Surely. 
Nope. No, he doesn't. <laughs> nope. No blame for Palmer. Fine. Saint I can't argue with Liam that. rises. <laughs> so, so, so serious question, and uh, any of you can answer. If I were to tell you two years ago that Barry Bannon and Stephen Fletcher would not be on the Scottish national squad for an international break, but Liam Palmer would be. Would you have let's believed dis- me? Let's discuss the circumstances. <laughs> they're, they're injured. <laughs> yeah. If I told you back in the fall that Winnell and uh, Hutchinson would have been starting for Wednesday this week, and they would have scored four goals. If you had told me that Liam Palmer would get his first start and he'd lose three against Kazakhstan, I'd probably believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Um, boy, that's awful. But he just started his first international match, and and all you can do is slag him off. Not slagging him off. Okay, just saying, so it's a bit about highs and lows here, isn't it? You get a high Evan of starting can, can, for your country, and then you end up losing three 0 to Kazakhstan. So Evan, some context here. What 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 did this game mean for Scotland? Was this a uh, was this a? I know they're. This is not qualifiers, right? Per se. No, it is qualifiers. This is qualifiers. Yeah, man. this is Bummer. a big. This is a big game. <laughs> oh, that game well, actually I thought it was Scotland and Kazakhstan just like playing some kind of friendly and a meaningless point in the season. This game actually counted for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is early in the qualifiers, so I mean, it's not that big a deal, but it's still pretty embarrassing. Wait, didn't we just have a World Cup? This is the Euros. Twenty twenty two. Oh, my head's exploding now. I thought the whole kind of crazy European tournament thing was the qualifiers for the uni- Euros. Yeah, what's that made up on called? That's um. <laughs> no, the Euros are in twenty twenties next year. So surely everyone's already qualified. No, there's <laughs> there's not. That's not how internationals work. Oh, I thought. Hold on. I thought Europe was on hold. Isn't it being delayed or something by like till May? And no, they're they're carrying on. <laughs> they're carrying on without us. <laughs> Oh right, okay. And they're trying yeah, to get rid of, they're trying to get rid of Scotland quicker than England as well. <laughs> Don't worry, Paddy, I'm on your side. <laughs> well, another news: Adam Reach's goal against West Brom has been nominated for Goal of the Year. <coughs> now, we've seen some pretty fantastic goals, and I'm sure there are some that I've missed. Um, what are some other ones that you guys think uh, are are possible winners? Um, I'd like to uh, to praise a rival podcast which profiled this uh, particular piece of news and celebrated the fact that it was Adam Reach's goal against Aston Villa in 2017. <laughs> wasn't it? That, yeah, <laughs> that was was uh, was being uh, honoured with this. I'm pretty sure it was the West Brom goal, folks, at, uh, at a, a, a three-word Wednesday-related podcast. Anyhow, um, other goals that should be in the goal of the season. Um, Adam Reach against Leeds. Um Adam Reach against Middlesbrough. Uh, Adam Reach against Middlesbrough. Um, any others? Oh, Adam Le- Reach against Reading. Is the Leeds one where he just twatted it on the half volley? Yeah, that's, the, that's the one where he just absolutely up and unders it and the guy in the West Stand goes, oh. See, that's what I, th- I thought yeah. that was better than the West Brom goal. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it is the goal against West Brom, not the against Mick Villa. Um, it is a fantastic goal. Um, but it is kind of a normal goal for Reach at that point. It's not... I'd say it's not as spectacular as the one against Leeds, I don't think. So it's a weird one to pick. Obviously, I'll vote for him, uh, as you all should. Go to the SWFC website and click on the Mitre Goal of the Year uh, and vote for Mr. Reach. How did you pronounce that? Mitre. 
Mitre. Okay. Oh, I've always said Mitre. Yeah, Mitre. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> what? Mitre. <laughs> Mitre. Why not? Oh, Evan, it is, it's increasingly clear to me that you did not go to school in a secondary modern comprehensive in Sheffield wearing, uh, you know, very uh, crappy football boots and kicking around a Mitre football. Uh, <laughs> That's probably it should be. Clear. It should have been clear clear to you the no. first time you met me, I suppose. But Evan, if it's the first time I met you, you were taking a uh, glass that had previously held some whiskey. So what can I say? By the way, I know. Uh, so, so I think I'm going to stick up for the Wednesday week here because that John McGinn goal against us, so the same game, that is in this um, uh, goal of the year. So yeah, except it wasn't in the same game, Potty, was it? What it, I think it was. He scored that. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the John McGinn game was in the goal was in the same game where um, Matthias and Fletcher scored. Uh, I thought. <laughs> so I just want everyone to know that we did our. Our research before jumping into this podcast. <laughs> but I can see really, now. I can see you know, now why yeah, they got confused. Each point. Because you if you see John McGinn deliver Wednesday, I would have also assume that too. So I, I'm I'm giving them a pass. This is the danger so, with having so many Sheffield Wednesday podcasts. We're now <laughs> nitpicking about little fact, things like you know well, which game they had to score goals in. So Mike, what would you call it, Mitre, uh, Miter? <laughs> well. I would just, I would, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this because this afternoon on um, the public radio station that I listened to, they had a, they had a whole story apologizing for the pronunciation of uh, Lima of Lima, Ohio. Pronunciation of Which, Lima, Ohio. Is that what? Dude, yes. my my wife my wife grew up in Lima, Ohio. Yeah, I know. We live and, 15 minutes from Lima. I love it because so so listen to this. You, do you guys do you guys remember Uncle Cracker? Um, he was a. <laughs> yeah, he was, That's all Trump, isn't it? He was exactly what he sounds like. He he is a wow. an old old um, musician, like kind of. I was going to say he's, he's definitely not Trump um, in that risk. No, so so one time at the Allen County Fair, which is held in Lima, Ohio, <laughs> Uncle good. Uncle Cracker was up there, and I was I was there front row, all excited for Sugar. Hey, and Uncle Cracker, and uh, he comes out and he goes, "What's up, Lima?" And he got booed so hard See? by the crowd. Yeah, Gosh. it is Lima, Ohio. Oh. So I mean, I it's, also, it's Uncle Cracker with a K. It's not with a C. It's not like right. Cracker Barrel, right? No, it's Cracker. No, with a K. it's a, as in the KKK. It's a, it's a K. Well, <laughs> well uh, so yeah, the KKK does have three Ks. <laughs> At least that's not follow me. Everything is all right. Is all right. Yeah. One, yeah. Uh, I'll one. be the one to tuck you in at night. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, Where are we going with this? So, so Mike, Mitre or Miter? <laughs> cracker or Cracker? For some reason, Miter is a uh, hardware brand that I'm somewhat familiar with. So, always Miter. Like the Miter saw. Yeah, but that's spelled differently. But. I know, that's Isn't it? still high. We're going to go with Mitre. Yeah, Just whatever. to help you out, okay. Mitre shouldn't be confused with Meaty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I, I will not confuse it for the... I, I will not confuse it too as we move forward. Um, next bit of news, the 100th Owls appearance for Stephen Fletcher. He left with an injury, but... Yeah. Has it? Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> What's yes. happening? That's the one. Wah, wah. 
Anyway, that's Uncle Cracker. Sorry, Andy, yeah. what were you saying? Super good. Um, yeah, just talking about Uncle Fletcher and his 100th appearance. <laughs> uh, no big deal. Um, but yeah, good for him. And it, and it really, for some reason, it doesn't feel like he's been around that long. He doesn't, and he hasn't played that frequently for most of his career here. So to have this long run in the squad, which he's had this season, and it's it's doing great. It's a fantastic season. Um, I think he's like scored like twenty four goals something like that in his hundred appearances, which isn't a bad return because most of his appearances, like I say, aren't for full games. So I think when you look it back on like- Fletcher's career at Wednesday, most people view it favorably. Favorably. Yeah, and I think half those goals have come since Steve Bruce has been around. So fantastic. <laughs> True. Uh, Paddy, can we can we talk about it slightly more kind of proactively as in that his career is going to continue as opposed to the fact that when we look back on it as if it's finished right now, I mean, you know, hopefully he's going to be fit for the next game. Um I think he's just coming into form, right? Um he seems to go through these phases, Fletcher, where he you know, he kind of you know, he gets injured, he doesn't play for a while, he's not kind of in top nick, and then he, he suddenly goes on a run and he scores, you know, almost game in, game out. Do you remember him doing it in kind of the the last few games of the, I guess it was the 16-17 season before we got into the playoffs against Huddersfield, and he, he just seemed to have a knack of being right place, right time, and he seems to be back in that groove right now. Um, and I do think it helps him to be playing with a you know with a foil. Um, so whether it was Winnell starting with him on on Saturday or kind of you know we've been playing around with the, the front two. Um, you know if Gary Hooper gets fit, uh, just I get I get a little bit excited about that for the last couple of months of the season. So yeah. That's, I think there's more to come from from Uncle Fletcher, as you said, Evan. It does definitely help him, but I mean, he's carried that forward line for most of the season without a foil, and I love watching Stephen Fletcher. He's, a, he's an absolute... If you're a young kid watching wanting to be a striker, watch Stephen Fletcher. The way he moves... We spoke about it last week, about having that extra yard, even though he's not that fast. Just, just intelligence, finding space and uh, drawing defenders away and creating space and holding the ball up. He's an absolute kind of like classy striker for anyone to kind of try and mimic and understand what that game is. Uh, I love watching him. It's great. It's best to watch when you're watching uh, Hillsborough. You can just like focus his off the ball kind of moves rather than like following what he does on camera because he's just a very intelligent player. And he's, he's very that for me is kind of like football geekiness. Watching Fletcher around, like seeing him move, see where he moves when he hasn't got the ball. It's uh, if you if you go to Hillsborough and obviously a lot of people listen to this podcast do. Uh, I just love watching Fletcher do that kind of stuff. He's just a very good player. Yeah, I can't, I can't echo that enough. Actually, um, we uh, we were a bit cheeky about another podcast a second ago. I want to play a compliment to one. So I was listening to the um, the Al Sanctuary interview with Richie Humphreys, which if anybody hasn't listened to, they really ought to spend forty five minutes an hour listening to that because it's an absolutely phenomenal interview with with someone who just gives you such an insight to, to life at Wednesday in the 90s and early 2000s. But he was talking about his later career at Hartlepool and when he was playing up front and, and just how difficult it is for strikers to actually hold on to the ball, you know, with the, the amount of pressure they're under and the, the time they have uh, to, to try and influence the game. The fact that Fletcher influences our play so much, not just with the way he moves off the ball, Paddy, and the way he holds the ball up, but actually the way he shields the ball, he carries it, he plays other players in. He um, He's really developed an amazing game there. Um, and, and it's just I, I've just got this hunch that if Wednesday can properly unlock that with some pace off him, then I, I think he's got a season of massive contribution in him. Um, and we're seeing a bit of it right now, but I still think we've got more to come from Stephen Fletcher. Well, I am looking forward to Stephen Fletcher in the Premier League next year, as well as Uncle Gary Hooper 
who who <laughs> was on the score sheet and a behind closed doors win, Patty. He was good to see him back on the score sheet. Uh, are we just calling all of our like elder statesmen uncles from now on? Is that what we're going to do? <laughs> Anyone over thirty is an uncle. <laughs> Uncle Fletcher and Uncle Hooper front would be fantastic to see for at least one more year until they need to throw in their Zimmer frames. Um, yeah, we won 5-1 against Scunthorpe in a behind-closed doors. I don't know what doors were closed. Do you know where they played, James? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you make it sound like it was like uh, something slightly... Uh... Slightly un un. Uh, well, I was I saw some great surveillance video of it. It looked pretty good. <laughs> I, I thought it was just at Hillsbury. Yeah, um, I guess it was just. But like they, never the say, they never say it's at Hillsbury. They always say it's behind closed doors. Like it could be anywhere. That it could be down south. It could be north. It could be in the USA. It's just behind closed doors. I don't, there was something about the way you said it, though, Paddy. It just got me giggling. It was like you were talking about something slightly naughty. Um, I think I think behind closed doors only means that they don't allow anyone to pay to go in or something like that. Why don't they say um, where it's being played then? <laughs> it, to be fair, it was like against the Scunthorpe like kids eleven, though, wasn't it? It wasn't exactly kind of like you know a major opposition and that, but um, you know Alex Hunt scored for goodness' sake. So um, actually, that's not fair on Alex Hunt. Didn't he score like the Young Player of the Year goal or something about two years ago? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, look, he's back playing. Gary Hooper's scoring goals. That's that's a good thing. Um, so did Boyd, though, too. So, I mean, the the, the level that they're playing at there, obviously, is, is there to fall to see. If Boyd can score, then it kind of knocks Hooper's goal a little bit, I suppose. And Poodle scored, too. So who knows what was going on on Scunthorpe side. Um, but I'm not going to take anything like that. It's just good to see Hooper on the pitch, scoring goals. Let's hope he's in the first team soon and uh, firing us to the Premier League. So, Uncle James, what is Stoke like? <laughs> oh Christ, Evan! Do I have to? Um, yes, please. Stoke, 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 Stoke. It's Stoke is um, it, it's a place that you instantly forget, even if you ever have the misfortune to be there. But most of the time, you just bypass it. You just drive straight down the M6 and and forget the fact that you were ever in that particular part of like Staffordshire, which doesn't really have any purpose other than to be an exit that you get off if you go into Alton Towers, which is like a theme park. It's like Six Flags, except not as good. Um, what else has it got going for it? Stoke is famous for being the Potteries. It's kind of a region of Britain where there used to be a lot of kind of um, people who made um, pots, uh, so like kilns, uh, clay clay efforts, um, things like cups and saucers and whatnot. Um, I think someone else worked out how to mass produce that about 50 years ago and since then nothing's happened in Stoke um, famously there are two teams in Stoke there's Stoke and there's Port Vale Port Vale sounds more interesting uh, Stoke though is the more successful of the two teams um, back in the 19 uh, some decades earlier in the 20th century they were uh, they were a famous British football team um, they haven't been for an awfully long time ago but they are celebrated for being the place on a wet Tuesday evening where all of the great and the good of football are tested about their true level, principally because it's the most boring place on earth. It's usually the wettest place on earth. It's usually windy, and they're a thuggish team, usually managed by an ex-pro who doesn't really play anything other than a fairly aggressive form of football. And thus, they uh, they lasted for far too long at Premier League level, beating teams like Arsenal on a regular basis up there um, until they got relegated, uh, came down as everybody's favourites to get straight back promoted, and turned out to be shit at Championship level. Does that help? I think that sums it up, mate. Yeah, that was pretty good. Did you write that down, or did you just come up with that like on your own? Well, it would have required me to look down the agenda, which I hadn't got that quite that far away from because I was re- watching Uncle Cracker videos. <laughs> Gosh. <clears throat> so, so Stoke have drawn five 
of their last six matches. Um, they did win 2-0 to Nottingham Forest, but a lot of draws, 1-1, 1-1, and then they haven't scored a goal in four matches. Uh, three straight 0-0 draws. Um, as far as scola- scoring goes, Joe Allen, uh, Tom Ince, they both have six. And then Benicafobi has eight. But yeah, Tom- Tommy Boy, uh, six goals, five assists. So he's actually uh, producing well for the Potters. Um, and actually, Stoke is a team that I've seen play in real life before. They visited Columbus, Ohio. Oh, man, I was probably in college at the time. And uh, the crew made a, a big deal out of the midsummer friendly with Stoke City. <laughs> Columbus versus crew. Wow. <laughs> Ironically, that would have been called the local derby if you just didn't have the Columbus part of that back in the UK. Crew and Stoke being pretty close together. Mm. That's kind of the depressing part about their their last two decades of existence, though. The fact that they could go to Midwest America and be celebrated as a big thing. I mean, I think Columbus exactly right. Pretty desperate about um, seeing anyone turn up on their doorsteps. <laughs> well, and honestly, I think I think Peter Crouch is is one of the more famous players in the u.s just because how goofy he is i think we we tend to enjoy the the goofy athletes and he's definitely one of those he's scored a goal and has an assist this season not sure he still plays though i don't know if he's retired or, or what no he got signed up by uh he's Premier at League burnley team. yeah burnley, yeah, burnley. Oh, okay okay yeah so he he definitely started out the season with stoke i don't know what yeah, happened past that but um anyway we will move on and speak about our meetups. Uh, Patty, why don't you tell us about where our meetups are this weekend? Uh, not this weekend, but uh, next one. Uh, yes, yeah, so this weekend we've got a lie-in. We can uh, all stay in bed and not worry about the championship for a week. The week after, um, we're still putting these on the on the calendars. So keep checking back on Facebook, our events page, Owls Americas. Um, but you can guarantee pretty much that New York's going to be at the Football Factory and New Orleans are going to be at Finn McCall's. But just, like I say, confirm before you head down there. Um, Mike, any meetups at Portland happening soon? Uh, we're shooting for two in April. Uh, just for folks who might be listening and planning ahead, the the Leeds game has been moved to the uh, favorable late start, which is 12.30 for you guys on the East Coast. Um Yes, that's right. Which is uh, yeah, so nine thirty out here. So that should be a big game. Um, you know, it's not as not as big as the uh, the Chelsea FA Cup game, but you know, if you want to, I know how much you guys love the rest of the Leeds America crew, and it <laughs> might be time to extend the olive branch to some other um, groups around the country. But yeah, maybe start planning for that meetup. Um, what's the date on April thirteenth? So uh, just keep that on the radar for people to think about. I love the Ghibli. Um, and Patty, is... sorry, go on. Yeah, some some news out of New Orleans. Yeah, so um, our friend uh, Jamie got in touch this week about um, one of the main guys in the New Orleans Owls, uh, Tim Curry, who's doing a uh, charity event for St. Baldrick's, which is where people shave their heads. Um, I will stick out a link on our Twitter and our Facebook. Um, He's basically getting his head shaved um, for the St. Baldrick's charity, so... I also know those links on Twitter and on um, our Facebook, and please help Tim get to his goal. And just so you all know, um, you may listen, but you clearly don't interact because our Google, <laughs> our Google Voice phone 
open line has died due to inactivity. Um, <laughs> it's the saddest so, email I've ever received. I mean, yeah. it just shows you how, how how little people care about our Google Voice utility. James, even you didn't bring him up. Where have you been? Well, you know, I've been mostly in the UK. <laughs> What's your point? So it is dead. You can no longer call Google Voice. Uh, let's see if Evan remembers that when he's reading out the script uh, for the outro later. Um, but yes, do not. We'll try and find some other way for people to get in touch with us. Apparently, there's a thing called the internet that you can write stuff uh, to, like emails. Apparently, that's been going on for a few years now. Uh, try that out if you like. But uh, as of right now, there's no uh, audio way to get in touch with us. <laughs> so that will do it for episode 63 of Owls of Americas. We appreciate you all so much for tuning in. You can find us on owlsamericas.com. You can email us at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at owlsamericas and the same handle on Instagram. Our intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend, and the Makers. Our podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There is no right way to listen to the show just do what feels right and wherever you choose to consume owls americast we ask that you rate and review the show as it helps more wednesdayites find our ramblings speaking of ramblings psych you can't <laughs> leave us a voicemail on our days of mumble line at one four one zero three zero seven eighteen sixty seven. international rates do not apply because you cannot call it and you cannot dial it for free using google voice because you cannot dial it at all james is on twitter at Manhattan Owl. James, what will you be doing on your Saturday off from Wednesday football? Uh, I will be mostly watching Uncle Cracker videos because it turns out that there's a there's a plethora of, uh, of classics out there, uh, such as Be Good to Me featuring Kid Rock and Floating, which seems to involve Uncle Cracker sat in a boat fishing. Uh, so yeah, I mean it just looks like That's a right. near fun to, for Ohio's greatest rap star. <laughs> yeah. he's not from here by the way we won't claim him he just did a concert here anyway mike is on twitter at cascadia owls mike same question to you also what's your favorite uncle cracker song <laughs> i am not a i'm not a fan of the uncle cracker side i don't know the catalog as well as i should so my apologies um as far as saturday goes i'm probably gonna um drunk dial 401-307-1867 and see who gets the messages now I think that's a good idea. Patty is on Twitter at, at Patty A. Jones for talk about music acts that wear skinny jeans and New York Owls at New York Owls for Wednesday grousing. Patty, if you were to call our, our Days That Mumbled line, what would you have to say this weekend? Um, Hello, is it me you're looking for? That kind of stuff. Is that an Uncle Cracker song? Uh, it probably has been covered by him uh, as he's murdered most songs, I think, by now. So I, I would like to to tell a story before we end. That I, <laughs> Shit. so so at this concert, I was in fourth grade. I was that's probably nine years old for me or, or something along those lines. And my mom somehow won front row tickets to the show. Not something I would ever go to, but it was Uncle Cracker opening for Sugar Ray. And, and Sugar Ray was up there, and they decided to call two people. F- from the crowd up on stage to do karaoke and mark mcgrath of sugar ray pointed right at little me and i got to go up and shake his hand and be in front of, of 
the crowd full of Allen County folks. And it turns out after I met my wife that she was at that show as a kindergartner. <laughs> Did she fall in love and with And that is the moment where my wife fell in love with me and she didn't know <laughs> until about 20 years later, uh, probably 15 years later, that's a that story. she was actually in love with me from that that concert that is that's a beautiful story evan and which yeah. makes it all the more surprising that that you and mrs skirter aren't going to um flandreau south dakota and belcourt north dakota this weekend to see uncle cracker live at the sky dancer casino get out of here he is still performing so he's performing <laughs> this weekend and at royal river south dakota oh my what gosh what are you doing on the international break yeah i'm going to south dakota i guess uh just just planning a trip now um, but yeah, anyway, we appreciate you all this, uh, for listening. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and we'll see you back here next week. Ladies and gentlemen, Uncle Cracker. Don't know how he got there, you don't know why But Liam Palmer's in your heart and you can't say goodbye All you know is when he's in there, you can't look away He plays for Scotland and the famous Wednesday I'm singing Liam Palmer, he plays left or right Wish you were here to tuck me in at night And while you're off in Scotland, hope you do okay You're the best damn player that's ever played for Wednesday